in Shreveport, Louisiana, a simple civic center began construction in 1927, but today it is known as the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium and is believed to be haunted by a number of ghosts, such as the ghost of Hank Williams Sr. and even the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. So pull up a chair, join the circle, and let's introduce ourselves in this weekly meeting of Alcoholics Anom Anomalies. I'm your host, Jason Sparks, and as always, I'm joined by my co-star, the man behind the stand, Bobby Strickland. Well, I'm having such a hard time spelling Shreveport right now. In my Shreve notes. Shreveport? <laughs> yes. Like, hey. I didn't listen to anything else. I was over here trying to focus on spelling <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Literally. Literally got to the second word of the introduction, and we're already hung up, so we're off to a great start on this episode. So, is the Shreveport Municipal what? The Shreveport Municipal Auditorium. Auditorium. Got it. All right. Huh. Don't know anything. I think I've seen one episode of one show about this, and that was Haunter. Mm -hmm. And other than that, I really don't remember much. I just remember the guy dressed up as Elvis on stage. And yep. that was a good time. So yep. I'll let you go ahead and dive into it because I know nothing. Right. Fair enough. Because, yeah, literally what you're you're talking about was Jack Patillo literally dressing up as Elvis in literally the exact same Elvis costume that I had uh, married a uh, close friend of mine that Bobby was actually in the... Uh, the, the wedding that we had within a hotel room um, to where I was impersonating Elvis in. So, so small world on that. Yeah, what um, better place to do that than Muscle Shoals, you know? You got Fame he, Studios there. Just, it, God, just it, perfect. Exactly. He's referring to, to Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Um, what, what, what could have been Nashville, but not so much. Um, but still a lot of musical history within uh, my hometown. Um, but so, Bob, before we start, what are your thoughts on a historic auditorium in Louisiana being haunted by Hank Williams Sr. and Elvis Presley? Well, I mean, if I'm Hank Williams Sr., I mean, I would have picked somewhere better. But Elvis, I mean, I would have went back to Tupelo, you know, back to the Mississippi, the old sip. But I mean, I guess you couldn't make it that far back. Um... And, and I but, feel like you're well, you're a little biased on that, Bobby. But well, you know, me and him share the same hometown, Tupelo, where it's at. Um, <laughs> shout so, out. So I mean, yeah, shout out Tupelo. Huh, Ray Schrumbert over here. Um, <laughs> but I mean, an auditorium. I mean, I guess if you're a performer, I mean that's where I'd want to stay too. Is on stage, but. I mean, I'm not much of a performer. I'm uh, more of a disappointment. As I always say, let me go first. You're not so disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but you brought up some good points that, that I'm going to bring back up later in the episode. You, you've already kind of touched on some uh, potential questions that I hope will be answered. Uh, but to kind of jump on in uh, to essentially Elvis himself... Um, so Elvis is actually said to have gotten his professional career started at Shreveport Auditorium. And as a result, that this is why he still haunts the building, even though he died in 1977 in Graceland, Memphis, Tennessee, and is buried on Graceland. But, I mean, 
Whenever I think about Shreveport, I think of like, well, I guess Shreveport and Memphis kind of go hand in hand, like in terms of like being dangerous cities. So whenever you said it was haunted, that's not who I went to was Elvis and Hank Williams Sr. I was going more towards like gangbangers, you know? I don't know. That's just me. Uh, <laughs> but I guess if you're going to haunt an auditorium, might as well be a performer. Right. You're, you're thinking more of the organized crime aspect versus, you know, the the history of certain uh, historical buildings within the, the cities themselves. Maybe I'm just watching too much Peaky Blinders right now. I don't know. I'm to the part where they're just fighting the mafia in New York, and it's just blowing my mind right now. So The, the Peaky maybe, Blinders. <laughs> the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what my mind's going to, but hopefully you can kind of give me some more insight right here, and we can make something out of it. Fair enough. Um, so kind of the reason why it is believed that Elvis still haunts Shreveport is because of his performance, you know, like like I previously stated that his professional career was believed to have gotten started at Shreveport Auditorium. And on top of uh, visitors and staff believing that they had heard Elvis himself, you know, performing, even though he's he's long passed on. Uh, they've also heard voices of potential audience members uh, speaking about Elvis's performances himself. Um, and, and funny enough, the auditorium is actually found on Elvis Presley Boulevard. Well, see, look, that's just all the groupies trying to still get with Elvis, but you know he wasn't having it back then. I mean, let's, let's face it, the guy was a good guy. He had the hips to like show off to every all, all these girls. Like... Of course, they're eating it up. Like it's all these groupies trying to get with him. I mean, I, like, I think anybody who saw Elvis in his prime would in, undoubtedly say that Elvis's hips—they did not lie. They did not, for sure. Um, I mean, what do you think Shakira got it? It's off from him, you know. Exactly. You know, she literally does the exact same dance moves that he does. Are, are you saying Shakira stole her whole routine from Elvis Presley? Is, okay. that, is that what we're, we're saying not, from the top of the episode? Like We're not we're, going back we're to just the Jimbo gonna go ahead from last episode. And we're not going down that road. Famous individuals for for something that they may or may not, you know, have any association with. Well look. Again, I'll say like I said in the first episode, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. More than likely, it's a duck. Now, everybody has their heroes. I'm not saying Elvis wasn't Shakira's hero. I'm just stating the facts here. I mean, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that we're uh, we're going ahead and outing ourselves as uh, Dulahan Productions' uh, number one uh, outing famous individuals podcast instead of you know the the true crime uh anomalous uh podcast that we we set out to be i'm, I'm glad we've kind of taken a different direction but again all of this is just discussion i mean what else are you supposed to do in an aa meeting you know we're supposed to come in and discuss you know and, and that's why we have the the circular format the open chair you know we can we can let it all be out there you know but but kind of touching on hopefully when even though you in the future hope that we don't do this but me hoping that we do do this you know actually physically go to shreveport municipal auditorium um bobby do you have any plans to potentially i mean i don't know bring a banana and peanut 
peanut butter and bacon sandwich, you know, one of Elvis's, you know, top love sandwiches, you know, to hopefully, well, you know, invite the king of rock and roll out, you know, is, is that, is that well, your plan? The, here's the thing though, like everybody like hates on that sandwich, but that's what I grew up on. I mean, maybe it's just a Mississippi thing, but those sandwiches are highly slept on. Like again, big guy, I eat a lot and that's, I can acclaim that part of that is the reason why I'm so big. Because I ate a lot of those growing up, and you always gotta stick it in the skillet a little bit, almost like a grilled cheese. You just gotta brown that bread a little bit before you bite into it. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never had one of those sandwiches. I mean, banana and peanut butter, I get that, but like the bacon on top, I just I don't know. That you gotta have a. Here, here's the thing. I do this with all my sandwiches. I throw a little chip on there, you know, give it a little extra crunch, you know. Get a little bit more texture, because I mean, who wants just bread and ham? You know, yeah, so, so I cut it. You got the a little chip on there, you know. Get that. I, I, I don't, don't want to get off early in the weeds, so early in the episode. But are you seeing like a, just a classic PB and J? You put chips on that, like like Lay's original classic chips. You you throwing that on there? Well, I mean, if you're eating just a PB and J, there's something wrong. You gotta <laughs> throw something extra in there, you know. But here's my other thing though with that. About going to Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not trying to go to Charleston. <laughs> Shreveport. So, uh, so you'd r- literally rather go to the old city jail than uh, the auditorium. In if I had to Shreveport. take my pick, yes, yes. If I take my pick, yes. <laughs> I will take that wheelchair to my shin all day. <laughs> that, that that wheelchair and that machete to the face, man. You taking that all day? <laughs> All right, take so, me down the stairs. Call me Billy, you know. Call you Billy, hey. That, that's all we ask. <laughs> all right, so to kind of jump back in, uh, so similar to Elvis Presley, uh, Hank Williams Senior is also said to haunt the auditorium because of a similar belief that he gained confidence in his career of performing in Shreveport and was known to perform here in Shreveport as well as in Nashville. Um, Hank Williams Sr., of course, having a uh, a short career, but also being known as one of the many greats of country music and also within the debate of uh, the king of country music, sadly, by popular belief, beaten out by George Strait. Um, but Bobby, do you know, do you know much into <laughs> I, Hank I know Williams? One thing. I know one thing Hank Williams ain't got, no exes that live in Texas. So I'm just going to throw it out there. But... I don't really Fair know enough. much about Hank Williams Sr. as a new junior, because mm-hmm. I know that Junior's a dinosaur, you know? He's a yeah. dinosaur. He's, in fact, a dinosaur. He should have died out a long time ago. Uh, many auditoriums, such as the Shreveport Auditorium, are said to leave on a ghost light uh, so that spirits of past performers can come back and perform again. And that kind of leads from what you had said at the start of the episode of, you know, Essentially, why would these uh, two famous individuals and potentially other individuals as well come back to Shreveport when they could go to, say, Nashville or even, you know, other much more larger auditoriums to perform? Um, And the belief is uh, that through these uh, ghost lights that these spirits are able to access, you know, the energy and be able to perform once again as they had when they were alive. So this is going to be on attention as well. But, I mean, I hope it doesn't get, like, too fat off. 
But for some reason, Ray said that. It just kind of reminded me a lot of Bobby Mackey's in Louisville. Okay. I don't know why, but like, that's the one place I do kind of want to go to. Like, just because, I mean, for me, I live in Kentucky, as some of you may know. But I live in Kentucky. I mean, Louisville's not that far of a stretch for me. Um, Bobby, I, I, I have I just wanna, I just want to interrupt you real quick. Um, you say that you may or may be in, not be interested in visiting Bobby Mackey's. I think as soon as we lay eyes on this building, you're gonna be like, "No, I, I think I'm okay. Like, I just, I'm, I'm not vibing with it." Well, here's the thing: I'm pretty sure it's still an active club. Like, I was trying to read up on it a little bit in case we were like, to do an episode in the future. Because mm-hmm. again, I have no idea what any of these episodes are before we start recording. Right. So, um, I was want to read up on it, but I'm pretty sure it's still like a music club now. Like, mm-hmm. it's still open. So, like. Even if we don't go investigate, I kind of would just go chill there. <laughs> right. Have a drink or two, you know, just see what I run into, you know? It, see what it's all about, it, you know? I mean, it honestly sounds, to me, I not that bad of a time. Fair enough. That, uh, that That's definitely on the list. Um, but, Bobby, I, I have to give you a full warning. Every time you, you bring up the, the fact of a potential episode, I may or may not be pushing back my scripts according to you know how you respond to to the current script that has been written but you know we'll we'll see whenever we we cross that road but you know of course it's going to be a surprise to you so i'm keeping you in suspense but yeah again he just makes me guess like two hours before what we're talking about and it's always wrong so he he's not gotten it right (laughs) thus far um I'll, i'll be pleasantly surprised when he does get it right but so far he's he's over two and let's be honest here you would probably tell me i got it wrong even whenever i ask or whenever oh. i get it right you're like oh yeah no, we're not ever doing that I, absolutely i would absolutely i would so to dive kind of into uh, the anomalous behavior besides the uh witnessing of performance or the the physical manifestations of elvis presley and hangling senior uh spirits are known to slam doors touch visitors shoulder shoulders brandon sorry i was thirsty <laughs> i was waiting on that to happen uh and even a specter known as sarge is said to favor women and is known to brush the long hair of women. So, well, Jason, it's a good thing you cut your hair. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I, I think whenever we visit Shreveport, I'm gonna have to make sure I don't have my long hair at that time, so I'm not mistaken. Because, um, because I won't <laughs> lie, I you got I, a pretty I, mouth, <laughs> tell you. you got a pretty mouth, boy. I think, <laughs> I, I think you know, being touched on the shoulder, just like the feeling of like someone like touching my hand, like we previously touched in uh, the old city jail episode. I think I'm okay with that. Like I think you know, mentally, I'd be okay with that. But I just I don't know if, feeling... if he's rub- if he's rubbing my shoulders, I'll give him ten minutes to stop because right now I could use one. I'll give him <laughs> ten minutes. That's the max. You know, just get that knot out. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. But I just think if if I had long hair and I just feel like my hair being pulled up and like someone like running their fingers through it, I think you're gonna see me kind of freak out a little bit, you know. But I at least didn't pull it, you know. I mean, I don't know if you're into that, but again, I at least didn't pull it. 
I, I, I'm not, and even more so, I'm not in the fact of a, of a spirit pulling my hair. I think that's I, th- that's another thing, as we discussed in the last episode, that's not one of my kinks. Um, that's, that's definitely not up there on my list, but... Uh, but to kind of dive... Worse. Go ahead. It could be worse. It could always oh, be worse. Absolutely. I mean, if it was I mean, King I've Rock and Roll... Of- pulling my hair i mean I, I'm, not, I'm not saying i'd mind but you know but i mean who say it wasn't me you know <laughs> i mean who's to say that like you know elvis did not have a you know swing of the other side you know i mean it i don't think i've ever read any word that he didn't uh, i i i think you're trying to find evidence and the lack thereof of evidence um but we'll, we'll keep moving past that uh, I mean, you can take it how you want to, but you know, he might have him a little taste for some old Jason, just, you know. Just, just the way some you take Patty it. Sparks. Just the way you take it, any way you want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to dive back into Sarge, uh, so Sarge has also been known to uh, make himself apparent to visitors by making himself appear physically. And the count state that while practicing performance, that those performing could see Sarge sitting in the audience, witnessing their performance. And that that kind of, you know, makes me think, you know, if, if I'm a performer and, and we're performing our audition and everything, and, and I see Sarge out there like, man, I, I, I just want to thumbs up, you know, like this dude's seen countless performances and everything, but if if this goes gives me a thumbs down I, I think i'm done you know i'm, I'm done I mean, performing i mean are we pulling a dodgeball here where you have all the judges like you a thumbs up or thumbs down is he just gonna put it straight up to the side he's just gonna ah like thumbs up like is that what we're, is that what you're hoping for see like, I, I, it, that's exactly i'm expecting like full-blown like movie gladiator style you know caesar puts his thumb out sideways and everything you know gives the indi- indication that he's going one way and then boom immediately down the other way you know well see whenever you say that but all right you told me that he's sitting on the audience you know all i'm thinking about is like okay let's hold an extra ticket you know perfect perfect one, one step closer to like selling out and i see this old like for some reason they say sarge then about this guy in like a military suit no helmet on just feet crossed cigarette in one hand just smoke coming out, like, just enjoying the show. But then again, the way you were talking about Sarge earlier, he could have been one of those guys on Pervert Road at a strip club, you know? I don't know. It's kind of either way. Either way, he could be sitting the same way in either circumstance. I mean, fair enough. We don't know what really piqued Sarge's interest here. Um, to kind of dive into the, that history, though, uh, Shreveport during World War II was actually used as a barracks for soldiers, um, and it, Sarge is believed to be one of the ghosts from that one of the many units that were stationed at uh, the Shreveport, what is now the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium, as a soldier. But it's interesting that they've nicknamed him Sarge because many appearances of him have been stated as him wearing uh, work coveralls not necessarily stating outright that they were military work coveralls, but that is kind of the indignation that he was former military. So you could say, like, this guy could have really been just like a janitor or something like that there. Exactly. Honestly. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's enough evidence to definitively say that his (laughs) apparition was military or not. But He said, need a bucket and a mop Mop. for this wet. (laughs) 
And that is, in fact, a wop. Wop, 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 wop. Only in the pot. Okay, we're good. <laughs> and, and, and we're done before we get copyright. Uh, yep, yep, we're good. <laughs> we're, we're good. Please, please don't sue. <laughs> a shout out. But the another and final ghost that is supposedly haunting Shreveport Municipal Auditorium was said to be a little girl who likes to play peekaboo with visitors and staff. And to kind of pull back on that a little bit, I think she kind of has an unfair advantage, and that's that's not a game of peekaboo I want to play. So this is, again, the only downside of that is demonic entity trying to pose as a little kid. I mean, that's... Again, I'll kick a little girl. I don't care. I'll I'll punt her. Like I'll be Pat McAfee out there kicking bombs with this little girl. Like um, I'm good. <laughs> I'm much rather be a grown man come and talk to me than a little girl. I, again, again, going back to the first episode, we're gonna see if we can set the world record for furthest ghost child punted through the uprights. I mean, I mean that's I don't know. Just cause like you don't know what to believe on that side. Um, but going back to the skeptic point of view, as I did in the first episode, what is this auditorium close to? Like, do you know like what's around it? Like, is there a park or is there a school close by? Because like that would be my thing. Is like if there's a park or school close by, like even if it's dead at night, like kids like to walk back and forth, like like here where I'm at now. There's a school not very far. Kids walk to that school, and it's like an elementary school. Like, kids walk to that school by themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And kids walking up and down my street all the time. So, like, who's to say, like, if you hear, like, a little kid laughing, it's not coming from outside somewhere? You, you, you know, that that's a very valid point, Bobby. And, I, honestly, I need you to get out of my head right now. Because, literally, the next bullet point on my script, I'm going to tell you, what is beside the Shreveport Auditorium? Jeez, just yeah, big brain energy still, you know. That's um, that, that that's our, our damnation for being roommates for so long. You're you're in my head, Bobby. You didn't even help me write yeah, the so, script. <laughs> so anybody that doesn't know, I will say some of the stuff, and he he does say that to me. Like before we ever say it, we'll just say it at the same time, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It's like we're twins and we're not even related. But to to expand on what, what you're questioning, you know, what is beside the auditorium? But beside the auditorium is none other than the Oakland Cemetery, which houses a number of Shreveport inhabitants, such as political figures, Civil War veterans, and even an empty field with a single gravestone, representing a quarter of the inhabitants of Shreveport, who in the 1800s died from the yellow fever, totaling over 700 individuals buried in a mass grave. That just hurts my head. Like, I don't know. Because um, honestly, I've been to New Orleans one time, and they had that massive cemetery there. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, like, Katrina, whenever it happened, a lot of those graves got, like, washed away, and, like, you had caskets and stuff just floating, like, down the city. Like, that's all I can think of right now. Yeah, it's awful. Like, my heart still goes out to all those people that were like, affected by it. Because again, being from Mississippi, like, you felt the effects of it all the way, like where I'm from, like North Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So like, 
I don't know, like, whenever you say that, like, I just think about Katrina happening, maybe something like that happening at that gravesite, and, like, I don't know, I've always been told, like, you don't want to mess with bodies after they've been buried, because it's, like, bad juju-type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you never want to, like, take something from their grave or anything like that. Um, so, I don't know, that's just kind of coming back to me now. It's like, maybe that's why that little girl is, like, in the auditorium now. Maybe she's trying to go back to find her grave, maybe, but saw the auditorium, maybe saw Elvis. It's like, oh, who's this guy? Checking the right. lips like that. You know? I'm going to have to hang around uh, for this. <laughs> Dinner at a show, all right. <laughs> uh, all right, I don't know. It's, again, skeptic side of me is like, you know, that's kind of ridiculous, you know, but the other side is like, you know, what if this was actually to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that that's a fair point of, you know, potential, you know, explanation to the anomalous behavior. But kind of my question on that, and I know sometimes, you know, with civil construction projects, you kind of have to essentially go with the plot of land that is advocated to you. But the construction of a municipal building to kind of initially was raised to celebrate, you know, the veterans of war one and everything and kind of commemorate their service and then continue on, continued on to, you know, bring joy through performances and, and festivals to the people of Shreveport. Why would you put it essentially right across the street from a cemetery that, you know, harbors the, the bodies of, you know, one of the worst pandemics that has happened, you know, in the early 1800s, such as yellow see, fever. See, this I don't think you understand, though. People from Louisiana are a different kind of breed. Like, <laughs> you go to Baton but, Rouge, like... They're built different. None. And Shreveport ain't very far from Baton Rouge, so, like, you kind of think it bleeds over. Like, it's... It's a different kind of breed down there. Like, they, they ain't messing with nobody. They don't they don't care. Like, like... I ain't scared of no ghosts. That's the kind of mindset they're going to have, like, going into that. So, I think that's just where they get that, like, okay, we'll just put this building right across the street from a cemetery where, you know, in places like where we're from, where they, really the only thing that's close to a cemetery is a church. And they're going to bless that land. They're going to throw that holy water out. They're going to come in this building. But, you know, (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) Because I remember the church that I grew up in, like, literally, it was 15 feet away from the cemetery. And I was scared to go in the basement at night by myself. Like, <laughs> right. screw that. Like, there's going to be a dark figure, dark man, like, slender man down there waiting on me to <laughs> snatch me up. That's all I can think about. Like, I'm straight on that. Right. Fair enough. So, so you're, you're leading it into just, you know, the cultural differences between, you know, how we were raised and, you know how some, you know, Louisiana cities and everything were formed. Well, I'm telling you, like, if you've never been to Louisiana, it's almost like Florida, man, except it's for a whole state. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's wild down there. Like, I like Louisiana. I love their cooking. Oh, man. I could really go for some gumbo right now uh, or some seafood lasagna. But I'm telling well, you, it's a different breed down there. I know, dude. It's freaking 10 o'clock right now but that's what i'm saying like it it's a different kind of breed down there so like they really don't care like i don't know 
I feel like Shreveport is how Mississippi and Alabama used to be back in the day, where, like, whenever my parents grew up, they would carry guns in their cars to school. Not to shoot anybody, but, like, they'd carry them because they just got done hunting or something like that. But like, they do it, like, all the time still in Louisiana, just because they don't care. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, to kind of bring a synopsis to the Oakland Cemetery and potentially raising the question of maybe we will revisit Oakland Cemetery as its own entity future is the fact that Oakland Cemetery is said to be equally, if not more haunted than the auditorium itself. And maybe that can kind of bleed into your hypothesis that, you know, say tragedy had struck and, you know, that the grave sites were disturbed due to either a national disaster or what have you. And it's kind of caused haunted apparitions to appear not only in the auditorium, but potentially the remainder of Shreveport as a whole. But to kind of talk about and potentially maybe allude to in a future episode where we will discuss further, one notable ghost in Oakland cemeteries is known as Annie McCune, a famous Shreveport madame who operated one of the largest brothels in Shreveport in the late 1800s. So that that is how she is referred to uh, in a lot of times in quotations, you will see her as uh, Madam of Shreveport and Annie McCune. So that is some of the historical prowess that she has through her essential influence in sex work uh, in Shreveport and also being a advocate for women's rights and everything. But haven't done as much research on Annie McCune, except for the fact that she is one of the most notable ghosts of Oakland Cemetery. I mean, maybe she's just trying to peek through the window and see some Elvis, you know? I mean, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. Like, wow, that boy got some good hips over there, boy. About to go she, see what that's all about. <laughs> she, she, she was said to have been a very beautiful lady. So, I mean, potentially, you know, it's, it's her apparition, you know, didn't move on in the past, the next life. And, you know, it's hanging around because of, like you said, individuals such as Elvis and Hank Williams, you know, these attractive and successful men and everything, you know, trying to, you know, bid her, her gentleman call her or however you want to say it, but. Well, again, I, so this is the skeptic side coming back out of my, my thinking on this, mm -hmm. because I remember, like, I'm starting to remember more and more about this episode that we watched of Haunter, but mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, Nothing happened the entire time that I was there. And so, like, I mean, are people trying to make this, like, place, like, a haunted place? Like, by, by word of mouth to get more people to Shreveport? Just because, like, a whole lot of people aren't really going to Shreveport to go to Shreveport. But, like, you know, I think me and you've had this discussion before where if you say something's haunted, <laughs> the value of that place goes way up. And, like, a lot more people are going to want to come to this place just to say, like, oh, wow, let's just see if we can see anything. Because, I mean, me going to Wilmington, North Carolina, did a ghost tour. I had a blast on that thing. But, like, you start, like, if you hear that you're, like, you're supposed to see something, I think your mind starts playing tricks on you to say, like, okay, I'm actually seeing this. Because I remember one spot on that tour, like, was at a house, and, um... We were talking about the curtains on windows. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, there's no vents anywhere on the top of that house. Like in that upstairs. But people can say that they'll see these curtains moving back and forth like somebody's peeking out. 
Right. And I remember looking at my buddy that was on the tour with me. I was like, do you see that curtain up there just kind of moving back and forth? Like, is it just me <laughs> or is it, are you seeing it too? He's like, no, I'm seeing it too. Right. But I mean, like, if we're getting told that all this stuff's supposed to happen, I feel like your mind's going to start playing tricks on you saying like, oh, this is definitely happening now. Like, it just, I don't know. Yeah, and even is this, is this like place that can really be fabricated. Haunted? Yeah, is this place really haunted is my question on this. Like, like honestly, if you if we just take a trip to go to this place, I'd be like, all right, cool, let's go. Uh, in my mind, like, I'm not going to see a thing. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, of that one episode that we've seen before. And I, I'm going to try to go in there with, like, a clear mind saying, like, I'm not going to see anything, so I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm going to be more worried about walking into the building <laughs> and then and walking out and then, like, what's actually going to happen inside the building. Right. And, and to kind of touch on that, so the episode you're referring to, uh, there was not as much activity as as other episodes the activity in that episode was rather light and the biggest reports of you know seeing or hearing anomalous behavior would be you know just the disembodied voices and then of course hearing doors open and, and close shut which again you know as someone taking the the skeptical belief you know even the voices or the door opening and closing you know you can leave that up to say updraft and stuff like that but I, I do believe that you know with that being said i wouldn't outrightly say that no it's not haunted i would leave it as it's possible but i cannot definitively say yes it is until we investigate this place ourselves um but that will be in a, a later season i would have to imagine but Bobby, with that being said, are there any final remarks you want to make on the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium? So I will say this. Um, so knowing a little bit about Hank Williams Sr. that I know, and Hank Williams Jr., because father like son, both of them are pretty, are pretty bad dudes. I, I can understand like the correlation here between Shreveport and Sr. might want to come back to Shreveport. And that may play a little bit into the history there. Because, um, I mean, I, like I said, Shreveport, it's like a it's a whole other breed of people in that area. Um, like, they just do not care. And that's how Hank Williams Sr. is, or was, and that's how Junior is. And, like, so I can see the correlation there, like, why he would want to go back and, like, be there. Because, like, honestly, he would fit in there. For the Elvis thing, though, like, I guess it could kind of be the same deal. Because, I mean, I know he got a bunch of backlash and everything whenever he first came out because nobody danced like he did, you know? But, I mean, I don't know. Again, my thing is, like, is this place really haunted? Um, And, like, are... Because, again, they could say... I could say I have, you know... What's his name? Joe Gotti, like, living, or John Gotti, whatever his name is. John Gotti, Joe Gotti, I don't know. I'm having a drink tonight, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I can say he's, like, living in my house with me, you know? And Is he? I mean, he might be. I mean, I, that's only a story for another day about the guests I have living in here with, this, with me. But, Fair enough. Um, I mean, again, like, I feel like they're just going to make these stories up that, like, 
yes, Elvis is living here, and Penguin's living here, or Senior's, like, still here, you know? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to come up with these stories to try to bring in people to visit this place. Because, I mean, are, do they still even use the auditorium? Like, that's the other question I have. Or is it just, like, a like most of these haunted places that we're going to talk about where it's vacant, they just have it open for tours and stuff? I believe, uh, and I have to double check, but I do believe that it is still a open and active municipal auditorium that they do also do ghost tours in. So, I mean, like, whenever you have those times where, like, not during the busy season, because, I mean, there's, like, a an auditorium or something like that here, but they don't hardly ever do anything there. But I know they do, like, a ghost tour every October or something like that. So, that's kind of my thing, though, is, like, you know, maybe they're just using it as, like, a little sham to, like, get more visitors in. Like... I don't know. I'm just kind of, again, lost on this one. Like, I I just can't believe. I, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if I'm Elvis, I'm not going to Shreveport. I'm going back to Tupelo or I'm going to Graceland. Mm-hmm. Um, senior, I'm going to be back in Alabama. I mean, from Mount Olive, uh, Brady Montgomery, like you said uh, earlier, whenever we was talking about, like, in our little break. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I just can't see it. Fair enough. So th- this is officially a location that we'll have to see it to believe it. Well, well, tell me when you want to go. I'll book a flight, I guess. I mean... <laughs> we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> yeah. All right. But so, if uh, no final remarks, Bobby, I'll hand it off to you. All right, guys. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, I will let you go ahead and know. Um, we do have an Instagram and Twitter page. I will let you know that handle and everything once I finish getting everything set up on that aspect of it. So if you do enjoy the podcast and you want to see like, maybe some pictures of the places that we're talking about, we will upload those there. And then you always give us a follow. You'll know exactly when our next episodes and everything are coming out. Like I said, once I get those handles like hammered down in stone, I will let y'all know about those. And again, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please share it with some friends, you know. Just let them know, like, share it with somebody that you might think would enjoy us jacking around, drinking, talking about podcasts, and I'm going to join the circle. But I do have one final remark here. Just want to let you know a few disclaimers here. We'd like to uh, make at the end of this pod, uh, at the end of this episode. Again, we are drinking throughout this entire episode, so that's why I kind of slur my words every now and then. But please do drink responsibly, and that if you are. If you or a loved one are struggling with depression or suicidal tendencies, please call the United States National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Help is available 24-7, and we love you guys.